0: This is The Frey Podcast, brought to you by thefray.com, a place for women who want more from life. Welcome to today's podcast episode. It's a solo one. I'm just having a bit of a chat with you, catching up and also touching on some thoughts surrounding the current school holidays that we are on. If you have kids and you're anything like me, you may just be surprised that it is school holiday time again. Of course, like I know, I know every year they have time off at Easter. But I'm always surprised at how fast it rolls around. I was in a scheduling meeting for a podcast thing that we're working on. And one of the contributors said, do we want to wait until after school holidays to launch that? And I was like, oh, my gosh, school holidays, of course. So it is that time. Depending upon what state you live in, your children may have already been on school holidays for a little while, or maybe like me, uh, your children are just about to commence their school holidays. And I felt like the last school holidays, like the Christmas and New Year ones, really kicked my butt. It just seemed very full on, and I don't know whether it is more to do with the age that the boys are now and how much they talk, and how, you know, they just kind of need to be kept busy a lot of the time. That said, the boys are really good at sitting down and drawing, and they'll listen to an audiobook, or they'll both happily read, but I still feel like it's that catch-22 where If they sit down and read the moment I try and do anything, you know, whether it's work related or life admin related, that's when they, of course, need my attention. And so anyway, school holidays is upon us, and it had me thinking about how how I could kind of navigate this short school holiday period and really enjoy it with the kids. I know that every family is so different. Some families, you will just be like business as usual and the kids might be going to school care, like um school vacation care, or perhaps you're able to lean on some relatives or friends or your kids might be older and perhaps it will just be really business as usual for you. Then I know in a lot of other families, it's not the case, and it feels like everything just goes out the window and everything changes for that holiday period. Something I've been thinking about is how it's nice to actually sit down at the start of a school holiday period or even before school holidays you know is upon you in the lead up to it, um, and have a bit of a team meeting, a bit of a family meeting and allow everyone to make some suggestions on what sorts of things they might like to do over the holidays. You know, for some kids, they might say, oh, I'd really love to bake or I'd love to go and visit this friend or have this experience, whatever it is. But just sitting down and creating a very realistic list with your family, with your kids, and then planning some of the bigger things in. So say you do decide that, okay, we're going to go and do this full day trip, whatever it is. Let's actually put that in the calendar. Let's space it out. Put the bigger things in and have smaller, shorter, less overwhelming days either side of that so that you're not going super hard in the first week of the holidays and then having nothing to do in the second one. I think it's really nice to kind of have those peaks and then have those recovery days as well. But if you don't plan it in, it might not ever happen. And I think if you sit down and you chat with your kids, and of course, depending upon their age, you know, if they're three, if they're four, they might not have a massive, you know, contribution that they want to add to this conversation. But if you happen to have primary school aged children or high school aged children, they will likely have some thoughts and feelings on what they want to achieve through their holidays, how they want to spend it, what they want to do. If you have teenagers, maybe they will say to you like, These holidays, I just want to sleep in. I don't want to have to wake up at a specific time. So just having that intel can be helpful as well. When I sat down and had this chat with the boys, one of them said he really wants to go back to this place that we went a few weeks ago called the Rage Cage, where you can go and just smash all of these plates. He lived for it. It was the best day of his life. That and laser tag. He said, you know, I did laser tag in Sydney with Brendan Last Easter, and I'd really like to be able to go and do laser tag these Easter school holidays. That's easy enough. Um, it's convenient enough. We can head somewhere close by. Him and Brendan can do that. It's not really my bag. If he does want me to join in, that's something I can do. And same with his brother. His brother said he would really like to find some great bicycle tracks and go for a big ride. Something that Brendan and I put forward was we could go to Brisbane and see the Banksy art exhibition because we've spoken a bit about that with them. We went and saw uh, the pop art uh, exhibition that was on at the Home of the Arts on the Gold Coast here and we told the boys about that and showed them some photos and they were really interested. And we also got on the topic of Banksy, the artist, and his kind of story and all of the rhetoric surrounding him. And then, of course, because our phones listen to everything that we say, I was served an ad for the Banksy exhibition. So that's something that we suggested to the boys we could do. And perhaps if we can figure out how to get all of our bikes up to Brisbane, we could also try and find some nice cycle ways and go for a big family ride that day as well. I think it's good to also be upfront with your kids about your own limitations for holidays. I said to the boys, you know, like last holidays, we had a couple of nights away. We went on a trip. We went up to Cairns. You might have listened to the podcast about that. And I said to them, these, these school holidays are shorter and everything is very expensive. And I really need to stick to a budget these holidays. So we're not going on a big trip. We're not, we're probably not even going to go for a night away anywhere. If we do, uh, we're going to have to be really like very much on a budget in terms of if we happen to stay away for a night, we're not going to be eating out that night, you know, anywhere fancy or anything like that. We're going to have to do it as low key as possible. So just being honest with the boys, you know, because one of them said, oh, let's go to this place that we love going in Brisbane. And I said, it's just too expensive over the holidays. Like we just can't, I just can't make that happen these holidays. It's something that we need to plan for um, and probably make sacrifices for as well. So just sharing limitations with the boys and expectations, uh, I think is a nice, nice thing to do when you are having that conversation about what sorts of things you can do over the holidays. You know, even going to the cinemas is so expensive right now. So rather than taking the kids out to go and see a movie at the cinemas, maybe it is like, let's plan a movie night at home and you can invite some friends over and we'll get some popcorn and we'll make it feel really special and really cozy. But do it more to sticking on a budget. Um, I'm sure a lot of people are feeling, feeling their stresses and strains of everything being so expensive right now. I'm definitely trying to be cognizant of it and just realistic as well. You know, do I want to spend $85 on the four of us going to sit in silence? No. I would rather if if I have that money to spend, I would rather spend that money on something that is going to be memorable, you know, like a junior ropes course or something like that and save the movie watching for at home in our own environment but make it feel a bit more special. Something we've just started watching is Survivor. One of the boy's friends was telling him how much his family loves to watch Survivor and he suggested it and Brendan said, you know, oh, I used to watch that with my nan as well. So we've just started watching that and I said to the boys over the holidays, we can probably relax the screen time rules a little bit some days and maybe we can watch like two episodes and they thought that that was pretty cool and exciting as well. And they also, uh, off the back of chatting about Survivor, want to try and do some of the challenges. So, you know, popping planks across the pool and challenging themselves in that way. So kind of just opens up the door for fun things to do after that as well. When I was having this chat with the kids, I was really thinking about ways that we can be tourists in our own town. We are really fortunate enough to live in a very beautiful part of the world. We have the beach. We also have access to the hinterland. Uh, We live somewhere that people go on holidays. I feel very, very, very lucky for that. Um, And that's like by design. That was a choice that was made about where, where I wanted to raise the boys, where we wanted to raise the boys. And I'm very thankful for where we live. But like every single human, you get so used to where you live. You know, if you live in the city, maybe you don't catch the trains that often because it's just not part of your routine, but you could go and be a tourist and catch the train somewhere for a day or whatever it is. So when I think about being a tourist in our own town, it really is packing a picnic, getting on the bikes, going for a big ride, having those beach days, um, you know, snorkeling, all that sort of stuff as well. You can also just easily jump onto Google and have a look at the sorts of parks that are available within uh, driving distance to you. Go and see what's out there. If you've got kids that are a bit older and might be interested in going on a nature hike and checking out waterfalls or literally going and park hopping. Remember when the boys were little, I used to just playground hop. (laughs) i go from this one to that one to that one to that one to that one uh, to fill in the day and just to be outside and be moving as well. Throughout the holidays, if you are having some time at home, it might be a good opportunity to have a bit of a toy clear out, a bit of a spring clean, a bit of an autumn clean. I know that the weather here, speaking of weather, it's just started to rain. You might be able to hear that in the background there. It's certainly cooled down a lot. So I've had to do a bit of a order, you know, get the Bonds tracksuits and jumpers and all that sort of stuff and see what I think will still fit the kids for this season and then pass on the stuff that I know that they have well and truly grown out of. So I know it's not a super fun thing to do, but if you are having a home day, make it productive. See if you can do that big spring clean out. See if you can clear out some toys. What can you donate? Or if your kids are, you know, little entrepreneurs, maybe they want to set up a garage sale or perhaps advertise some stuff on Marketplace. Give them a taste of, you know, getting to sell their stuff if they don't want to donate it or sell some, donate half, whatever it is. And also, you know, if they are going to be donating some toys, Maybe let them have a little bit of a wander around a Vinnie's store or an op shop, and maybe they'll choose something that they want to bring home. I know it's not ideal to be like donating stuff and then buying other people's stuff that no one wants, but it's a nice way to upcycle things and get some use out of stuff as well. I know there are toy libraries as well, but I'm sure if you jump on Google, you can come across those. Something else I wanted to remind you of for these school holidays is to keep the Venn diagram of play. At the front of your brain, this is a concept that Brene Brown has spoken about and written about. I can't remember which one of her books it was in. Maybe The Gifts of Imperfection. Um, but she spoke about how, or wrote—I can't remember. I just love her. I adore her. But she shared this idea of the Venn diagram of play, where as parents we need to work out where does our idea of play cross over with our children's idea of play. I do not want to play a board game ever, but I don't mind playing Uno. I love to jump under the waves with the kids. I love to explore with them, but I do not want to play Lego. Like where is your pain point and where is the pleasure point where everyone in your family can enjoy something together and make sure you schedule that in so that you don't feel like you are always in this mode of being in service To whatever your kids are only interested in. Your kids will benefit from you being lit up by the play as well that you engage in. So, where is that delicious like crossover zone where everyone is having a good time? And can you make sure you schedule that in? You do not need to be a martyr these school holidays and be of service to each and every single person in your house and get nothing back for yourself. It's so important, especially as women that we show up and that we say, no, my enjoyment matters, my fun matters. These are the things that I like to do, you know, and if these are things that we all like to do, let's go and enjoy them together. And if those things over there are stuff that you enjoy, it's okay that you enjoy them, but I don't always have to do it as well. You know, I've spoken a lot over the years about how we pay an entry fee for connection with our children. And I do think that that entry fee often comes in being in service and playing stuff and talking about stuff that we don't particularly care about or enjoy. There's a time and a place for that. My gosh, all morning has been the time and the place for that. Apparently, one of um one of my boys is so into Dungeons and Dragons. It is just incredible. Insane how much passion this kid has for Dungeons and Dragons. Every Sunday he goes to like a Dungeons and Dragons club and they play it, and there's a Dungeon Master, and there's so many things. Like I had no idea about this world. I thought it was a board game. It's not. Um, but it's not a video game either. It's a game they play sat around a table. It doesn't appeal to me. I don't like fantasy things, but my son adores it. So he will chirp at me about Dungeons and Dragons and I will try my best to engage in the conversation. And that's like a act of service and paying the entry fee into his world. Because if I can keep that dialogue open where he comes to me and he tells me about his passions and his hobbies and I respect it, it's going to build and foster that connection we have with each other when it comes to other stuff as well. We have to remember as parents too that our kids, you know, they choose their interests And then they have so much enmeshment with their interests that if we are dismissive, they feel dismissed. They identify so closely with the stuff that they are passionate about, whether it is Dungeons and Dragons, whether it is uh, Pokemon, whatever it is. If they come to us and they can see that our eyes are glazing over, and sometimes my son will be like, oh, you've hit your limit. I'm like, yes. But if they can see that at all times we are not interested. They're going to stop bringing that sort of stuff to us and that stuff that right now feels superfluous like the Pokemon and fantasy world, that's the stuff that will eventually become real issues. It'll be the bullying at school. It'll be how they're feeling about themselves. It'll be, um, you know, conversations, connection, all of that stuff that we really want them to keep bringing to us Sometimes we have to pay the entry fee and we have to nod and we have to be interested and we have to print off character sheets and understand it to the best of our ability. But there are also times when you can say, okay, I'm at my limit here. And I think it's quality over quantity often. And when you are also balancing it with that uh, really nice concentrated Venn diagram crossover of play. The other stuff, you probably can take your foot off the pedal a little bit because they're still getting connection and uh, attention and intention from you in the other area. It's also nice, I think, to keep in mind when it is school holidays that it's okay to still have some boundaries, right? I still have a bedtime for the boys on school holidays. There will be nights when I'm a bit more loosey-goosey with it, you know, if they want to go for a swim after dinner and it's, you know, edging towards 8 p.m. and I think, oh, they're going to be cooked tomorrow, but I'll let it happen. You know, every now and then I let them have that later night or if we do go somewhere. But for the most part, I keep bedtime the same even across school holidays, because it's just less of a battle than when school does resume. And also, it's so much more intense throughout the school holiday period, because of course they're home, so I need an end to the day. And that's why bedtimes are so great. Having an end to the day means that you know that you will get your shower in peace. You can have your conversation with your partner or jump on your phone, watch your shows, whatever it is, fill your own cup so that then when it is time to rinse and repeat the next day, you're good to go, or you're better to go. Uh, Boundaries with screens, I still think are important over school holidays as well. We don't want them to become little tech zombies and having meltdowns because then that just makes our life harder as well as theirs, of course.
1: Hold up.
0: Something else I wanted to just quickly touch on just around this topic of school holidays, you know, like tell your kids that you're enjoying them. Like If you're not telling your kids, I love, like I'm sure you do tell your kids you love them, but also try and tell your children how much you enjoy them. I really try with the boys to say to them, hey, I'm so happy I'm your mum. Hey, I'm really proud of you. Hey, I really, really loved that game that we just played. Thank you for sharing that with me. And you will see them light up. It can change their whole demeanor. Just letting your kids know that not only do you love them, you also like them, I think is a really simple uh, and effective thing that we can do as parents. It's not hard for us to say those words, but it can be so impactful for our little ones. A couple of suggestions I had uh, just written down things you might find yourself doing across the school holidays or you might want to do. as I said, going for big bike rides, finding different cycle ways, bike paths you can do uh, junior or senior <laughs> just ropes courses for kids. You might be able to Google like crystal panning. there's a place that we go. it's a good hour and a half from here, but there's a junior rope course and then there's crystal panning afterwards and it's a full day and it is fun and enjoyable and there is no reception up there and it just feels like a little escape. Indoor centers that have things like rock climbing or ice skating or roller skating, uh, those sorts of things, going out and exploring, waterfalls. Um, you know, I know that this is all such basic stuff. Theme parks. Also, if like you can't afford to go to a theme park, can you have a look at what local pools are around? And I know that that doesn't mean that it's a completely free swap but we have um annual passes to one of the theme parks here on the Gold Coast and it's great and I'll take the kids but also when I just don't want to have to drive all that way up there and then if truthfully I always take their lunch but you know you might end up buying an ice cream or whatever it is it all adds up I'll take them to the local pool and we are very fortunate enough at our local pool there is a water slide there is a kiddie pool there are diving boards But even just the kids, like taking them to a different pool, they get such a kick out of swimming in the really big pool or the indoor pools. Can you do something that is similar to taking them to a theme park that is a water park that is less expensive for you? And last but not least, it's not a bad idea to reach out to some other parents, again, depending on the age of your children, but reaching out to other parents, whether they're school friends, family friends, whether it's your actual family and saying, hey, how about I take your kids on this date from these hours? I'm a big fan of giving hours, (laughs) you know, Um, because like I'll say, look, I can have your kids from nine till two. I just like to have a cap to it, Sometimes, and sometimes we extend it, vice versa. I also like to know myself if my kids are going somewhere, what time I should come and grab them so that I can be really respectful and be there on time, all of that sort of stuff. But have a look at your calendar and say, look, I can take your kids this day. Could you take my kids that day? You know, tap in, tap out, work in with one another, or plan an outing with some friends as well. Have those things locked in to look forward to, and then you'll have house days like either side of that. And it just means that you actually get this sense of like, oh, we have done things, even if we haven't really gone anywhere overly exciting or thrilling, we've still done things. We've still had experiences. So anyway, bit of a bit of a waffle on the old school holidays, but I just know so many of you do happen to have kids. If you liked hearing that sort of stuff, please let me know. It's a Especially uh, important to me right now to let me know as we are so close to rebranding the podcast, we've got the new cover, we've got new episodes banked, we have a new website, we've got lots of newness happening. We're also going to be able to text you guys, which I think is very cool. Jordan and I were just uh, communicating about that and wondering, you know, like, how do we make it so that people can text us back as well and doing all of these things? Um, Where was I going with this? Oh, so it's especially important to me right now to hear from you. If you like the parenting stuff, do you want that left in the podcast moving forward? Do you want parenting moments? Uh, the last week over on Instagram, I've been sharing a bit more parenting stuff, I guess, because it's been top of mind and not the parenting is not ever top of mind. I feel like it is the thing that consumes 99% of my energy, 99% of my thoughts, but Often I can't share a lot of the stuff because it might be to do with co-parenting or personal struggles for the boys. But this week I have felt comfortable in sharing some different dynamics, like about one of the boys starting at a new school and separating them and all of that sort of stuff. And I've had so many messages from people saying that's helpful. Please extend on this. And I have wondered, like, do I need to maybe create some more parenting-specific podcast episodes, or? Are you here on the podcast kind of thinking like, oh, I just want to skip through all of that parenting stuff? There is no wrong answer. But if you let me know that I'm in the loop and I can tailor it uh, to suit the majority as well, whether that looks like creating a separate podcast with more parenting stuff or just a bonus episode or I don't know, the options are endless. We were planning on launching the new podcast earlier but back to that meeting that I was in when it was brought to my attention about school holidays, and we know that across school holidays, often podcast listens dip, and I completely get that. I love a podcast, but when the kids are home throughout the day, I won't often have one on, although I'm not above like a sneaky AirPod in, uh, like under my hair. Um, but we know that podcast listens do dip, so we decided to launch after the school holidays. And I can't wait to show you the new website. I adore it. I think it's really, really nice. You know, even on stories today, I was saying I felt like last year when I turned 35, something shifted within me and there has been like a real refining on where it is that I want to focus my attention and what it is that I want to achieve. And I think that we're on the way. I think we are on the path. So I'm excited to share all of that newness with you. Feel free to let me know what sort of stuff you do want to hear on the podcast. I will keep having podcast guests, even though solo episodes are more listened to. I think... And you guys, again, let me know. But my gut feeling is that a lot of people who listen to the solo episodes have been following along since Snapchat days and you have grown up with me. Like it feels like we have been through so much stuff together. And so maybe the podcast guests haven't always uh, been your favorite thing because you come over here to have a bit of a catch up with someone that you have listened to waffle on for years and years. But I really do want to get better. When it comes to guest interviews, I haven't always been the best at interviewing people. I can be a bit anxious. I can be very distracted with my ADHD brain, but I feel like I'm doing a better job lately. And something I want to do is more podcast episodes in person. I want to go and meet people and squeeze them and hear their stories and learn and actually have much more of a true curious conversation versus trying to move through and hit an agenda. I don't feel like I do that a lot, definitely in the early days. You know, even when I reflect on the early days of interviewing people, all of my podcast episodes were done via Skype, via my phone parked somewhere. I couldn't even see the guests. And that's how I started. And it was fine and it served its purpose, but it really has been so nice. To have evolved to this level of making sure that when I have a guest, I can at least see them. So much of the way we communicate is done non-verbally from the nod to the, you know, widening of someone's eyes to seeing their mouth part and knowing that they want to contribute as well just the other day, I had one of the most enjoyable interview experiences. It was with a guest uh, where we were, she's a doctor and we were chatting about things to normalize in relationships. And I ended that episode and I thought like, that is the sort of conversation that we need on the new podcast. That's why we're saving it for then. But I just felt like I was chatting with a girlfriend. I've often struggled with like, you know i'm not a journalist i'm i've not got any like proper real media training in interviewing people just trying it but um sometimes i will struggle or i've struggled in the past with being like do I try and speak for someone who knows nothing on this topic or do I speak as someone who feels I know a little bit or I have an opinion or I have read your book or, you know, like just trying to really find my feet. And that's probably been the whole theme through my last 10 years really is like finding my feet and my authentic voice. And I feel like more than ever, I am just myself. what's and all, I am just myself. And that has carried through into interview experiences recently, really giving myself permission to just be who I am. And funnily enough, um, on Instagram stories recently, I was sharing that my mum and my niece were staying for the weekend and it was so nice. Having a full house makes my heart so happy. It doesn't have to be family, even when the boys both have a friend over and there's just joy and a little bit of chaos. Like it just feels... Uh, really soothing, really, really soothing to me in a way that I didn't anticipate. I wouldn't say that like I love to entertain nonstop, but I love that um, feeling of a full happy house. And maybe it's because there is some times, there were times there, especially at the start when the boys first started going to their dad's house and the house felt so empty and I felt so empty and alone that these moments where the house is buzzy and full it just like soothes my soul on a whole other level. But anyway, I had shared some Instagram stories of my niece and my mum having an acai bowl in the park and at the beach with the kids and, you know, a book that mum had brought down to read to the boys and my niece, the kids. And um, people kicked off about it because I also put up a link for anonymous questions and as I said, when I put that story up, full disclosure, I don't even get those questions directly. They go to Jordan, she filters through them. And she said this time there were hundreds and hundreds and it was wild how many people were put out that I had shared that I was spending time with my mum? because in the past I had spoken about how we didn't really have much of a relationship at all. And it's funny how people get so uh, pressed over people changing and it's like you know, like someone just sent me a DM on Instagram. Um, someone who like we DM each other backwards and forth, and she's lovely. And she said to me, "Everyone's waiting for a gotcha moment. Like gotcha, you said you didn't have a relationship with your mum, but she's on your stories. Gotcha, you're lying." And it's like, no, no, I wasn't lying. It's just that you guys have followed along for years and years and years, and I'm evolving and changing, and so are you. Everyone who is listening right now. Your life is different to how it was a year ago or two years ago, and it might be in really small, micro, little incremental shifts, or it could be in massive changes. But we are all evolving. We all have moments in life where we contradict ourselves. And I don't think I've contradicted myself here because I've, it's not like I said on Sunday, oh, mum and I don't talk and then put a photo up of her. These are things that have happened over months and months and months. And just because you guys haven't seen, the vulnerability or the fear or all of the work behind the scenes doesn't mean that it hasn't happened, and so I found that really interesting. And like a through line, this last year has just been like normalize change. We have to normalize being allowed to change, and the people in our lives always have to be allowed to change as well. And I know that that is scary because if people can change and we are changing and we we don't have control that can be really, really scary, but none of us have that control. Anyway, that's a bit of a sidebar. It's probably something I need to do uh, in a podcast all on its own, but I wanted to just record this solo episode, touch on the school holidays, wish you well for the school holidays. We will have episodes coming up. We will have our Venti episodes popping up as well, and I will be on stories. You know, when the boys were much younger, I used to always take weekends off and be very mindful of my screen time usage in front of them. And I still stand by that, right? I stand by that. And again, this is something that people might go, oh, you're contradicting yourself. But I stand by the fact that I was really mindful of my screen time in front of the kids when they were little. But then the flip side to that is they haven't always understood that there are parts of my job that might not seem like I'm working, but it is, it is all part of sharing the podcast. It's all, it's all part of the soup. And so there have been times where I've been so uh, strict with myself about not working in front of the kids or always prioritizing them that I wonder sometimes if I've done a disservice because like, they don't even understand really that some people don't have that flexibility to not work around their kids. Anyway, again, I think I'm getting off topic, but I will wrap up today's episode here. Slide into my DMs. Let me know if you want the parenting stuff to continue. And the countdown is on for the new podcast. I can't wait to share it with you guys and to show you the new website. It's all very exciting. What else? I'm still studying, still loving it, the uh, module that I've been studying recently is about goal setting. And so I'm very hot on setting goals at the moment as well. So if you want an episode about setting realistic goals and how to do it, let me know. Okay. I will love and leave you. Oh, actually I'll share with you one quick review. If you are looking for something to watch and full, like to be completely honest with you for the first half an hour, I was kind of like, Oh, I'm not really into this. Um, But then after it, it's one of those shows that has never left me. Like I think about it frequently, and it was probably a month or so ago that we watched it. It's called Profile, and it's based on a true story of a woman who uh, is a journalist and she's communicating uh, with people who, I guess, radicalize people. It's just fascinating. She's a British journalist. I should probably look up the actual bio for it, but it's. Really, I found it really, really gripping and really, really confronting because she creates this fake profile to connect with someone and it just becomes very blurry, like where the fakeness merges with her reality and how it bleeds into her life. It's just very confronting, very, very confronting, but a really, really great watch. So that's called Profile and we watched it on Netflix a little while ago. As I said, at first, I found it very strange because a lot of it is on the screen and it's like, oh, what is happening? Is this a documentary? What am I watching here? It's a recreation. It's based on the story of, but well worth a watch. If you find uh, the psychology of human beings interesting or true crime or anything of that nature, then I think that you will find it fascinating as well. All right. Thank you for listening to today's episode. Episode slide into my DMs, let me know about the parenting stuff and I hope that you have a really great and safe holiday period with your friends and family.
2: This is what I want. This is what If you don't have to go, I can set free.